0: So this is April Sadowski, creator of Lady from Day, here with Mippa, who voices Taylor in the production. Hi. Now is it Mippa or, or? It's Mippa. Mipa. You got it right. Okay.
1: Cool. One of the few that got it right.
0: <laughs> I just, you know, when we had our cast chat. Oh, that's back, right. You remembered. Oh. Yeah. People do pay attention to me. Yeah. Someone said it. Someone said Mippa, and I was like, "Well, have I been doing all the credits wrong?"
1: No, it's Mipa.
0: <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's a mix of my real name, Melissa, and my pet name, Lippy Lou, which the nurses named me when I was a baby. So, Lippy Lou and Melissa, you get Nippa.
0: Oh. Yeah. I'm not going to ask what Lippy Lou I have means. no idea what it
1: means, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, on to question number one. Okay. You are one of the persons that auditioned for the part rather than being scouted like a couple other people. hmm Sophie and Jaunty. What made you decide to audition?
1: Well, I think at the time, um, I was very new to the boards. And I was still trying to get some experience, trying to get my voice out there so people could hear me and so I can practice new things. So really, I just saw that it was there. Um, I went to your website, and I was very impressed by the, um, the professional look of the site and how well organized it was. And so I was thinking, hmm, you know what? If I get a part in this, It might actually get done And um, I auditioned for everything And um, to my shock And horror You gave me a part (laughs) So it was mostly um, At least on your end I was really impressed by the professionalism of the site It really looked like you put a lot of thought And effort into it And speaking as someone who puts a lot of thought And effort into the things that I do I was very impressed And I felt there was kind of a kindred spirit Sort of thing going there
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way with, you know, even businesses that I'm going to buy stuff off of. Mm -hmm. I kind of compare the look because, you know, you think about it, they're putting a lot of work into, you know, the overall atmosphere that when you go into something, you think that their product is going to be better.
1: Right, exactly. And
0: and then for a radio play that they're actually going to... Go through the whole thing rather than you're like, oh, I'll cast you, and then nothing ever happens.
1: Exactly. Or, you know, you get cast in things, and then the radio blade turns out to sound absolutely awful. And then you're like, face palming. You're like, oh, I can't believe I'm in this. Mm-hmm. And because the production is so awful, you actually sound worse than what you really sound, you know, yeah. because you're like thinking, oh, I sound so awful. But in fact, as you don't sound awful, it's just the entire production sounds awful. And Therefore it's just really a it's it, it's good in the sense that it's a learning experience for everybody. But at the same time you put a lot of effort, you put a lot of time to those things and when people quite clearly don't put forth the effort that you do, it turn you know, you lose the motivation to do it. And mm-hmm. with and that's never been the case with this. You've really been on the ball with things and the Quality and the entire production value obviously is really exceptional, and you quite clearly put forth a lot of time and effort and thought into everything.
0: Thank you. Mm. Um, Yeah, one of the things, like, you know, every time I do uh, another chapter, I always think of new ways that I can do something, and you know, it just keeps on getting better and better because this is my first production, so you know, I'm starting from a beginner to now I'm you know doing other people's productions which is another story in itself. Yeah.
1: Okay. But is it do you have everything already planned out or are there certain things that you're not quite sure how to resolve yet?
0: Um, I keep on getting more ideas, so I have an outline yeah. that I add to. Mm-hmm. That also helps, you know, making sure everything's synchronized because sometimes I have to go back and reread what I wrote. To mm-hmm. make sure, like, people are in the right places. Right, so I understand. jumping around, you know. And then I got, you know, casted up to the end of book two, and we have the open casting call for book three, which you did audition for. Yes, I did. Speaking of auditions, mm-hmm. um, when I received your audition, I was interested in the sound quality, as it was pretty good. And that's one of the things I'm really picky about when...
1: Oh, I'm glad I to hear it.
0: <laughs> ...have auditions, because, you know, it's like, the better the sound quality from the actor, the better the sound quality of the production
1: right and it's a lot easier on the producer as well trying not to clean things out and all that I'm glad to hear that because this microphone that I've been using the microphone I'm using right now is actually a stand-in until my new microphone comes in which it should have been in on the 22nd and it's still not here and I'm feeling like really angsty because I'm afraid it's affecting my audition probabilities and things like that and I'm really afraid to try anything because this microphone is cheap and it's the headset microphone, therefore I don't really have much control over plosives and things. But I'm trying breath control and all that. But Oh, I'm glad
0: you hear it sounded good.
1: Was that a question?
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, no! (laughs) Continuing on. (laughs) Okay, well then, where have you been?
1: Oh, I've been recording in Tokyo.
0: Why were you in Tokyo? Oh, well um,
1: I've lived in Tokyo for about three years. Um, I was... Hired straight out of college to teach CEOs and uh, pharmaceutical reps and government representatives over in Tokyo. And basically, it's a glorified English teaching job. It's not like NOVA or JET or any of those programs. Um, it was more of a professional, you know, having to wear a suit every day. And have, I had to come up with my own curriculums and things like that. Curricula.
0: Curriculi.
1: Curricula? I'm sorry, my English is not so great anymore. Um, I,
0: I have no idea. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, so um,
0: lesson plans.
1: Yeah, lesson plans and things like that. Um, teaching. I like one of my students was the CEO for Banana Republic Japan. Um, another one was the public relations director for the Tokyo Metropolitan uh, Construction Bureau. You know, pretty, uh, pretty elite <laughs> students and stuff. But I spent most of my time doing things like that. I did teach elementary school once in a while. My final year there, I spent a great deal of time in elementary school because they needed someone that spoke Japanese. But I spent, to earn money, that's what I did. The other things that I did, I did a lot of uh, anime events. Um, mostly a series specific. Um, I published fan comics, which is called doujinshi I um, organized a circle... Um, of artists, and did several uh, anthologies of bilingual doujinshi for a particular series, which was kind of a first for, um, for a lot of people. And um, I also did some cosplay, I'm embarrassed to say, but um, I made a lot of friends including some um, Japanese voice actors, actually, which was really exciting. I got to spend a lot of time with some of, some, some of them. So... I'm mostly just getting my geek on for the most part, but in a uh, strictly professional sense.
0: Speaking of uh, voice acting, how did you get started into it? (sighs) Ah.
1: Um, well, I've kind of been wanting to do it since I was just a little kid. Um, I guess it started when I, <laughs> when I was watching Sonic the Hedgehog Saturday morning. With um, I'm not sure how familiar the audience would be with that series. It was pretty popular for my age bracket at the time. Um, I really wanted to be the next Kath Susie, who is a pretty famous um, voice actress based in California, whose more famous roles include Princess Sally from Sonic the Hedgehog. She also did um, Phil and Lil from Rugrats and um, who else? Fifi Lefume from Tiny Toon Adventures. She's, a, and she's done um, Dexter's Mom and Dexter's Laboratory and some other things I can't think of off the top of my head, but she's a pretty famous voice actress in California. And I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to be the next Cat Sissy. And, um, you know, I kind of thought, considered it seriously in high school, but um, I really am not very good in competitive situations. I really am terrible at taking things personally and getting too mixed up in the drama of things. So I kind of avoided it, voice acting, up until... Um, up until last September, actually, when a member of the VAA, um, K. asked me to do the voice of an anime character for some of his radio plays. And so I did. And he put it up on VAA, and it got very, very good re- reception. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I really like the attention. I might try this a little more. And I have. So long story short, that's how it was.
0: Well, that's good, because that's that's about... Around the time, I think, that I started scouting for... And, and casting for book two. Mm. Which is when you make your appearance. Yeah. So, you know, without that, I would have never had you in my production. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Kay. Everyone should thank Kay. Thank you, Kay. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. your, your actual voice, obviously, is much higher and I guess tier than Kayla <laughs> yeah a lot of people that's
1: what's really annoying is that a lot of people cast me as these really really deep roles and I'm like what what about my real voice I want to you know because my voice is kind of stereotypical young heroine kind of sound and I never get cast as that which is so sad <laughs> but yeah I really like doing the deeper voices um It's something I haven't done for a while, and so the fact that I can do it convincingly is kind of nice, actually.
0: So, how do you prepare for voicing a character? And since you're American, I guess, since you're in Texas now, I'm Texan.
1: I'm not just American, I'm Texan, (laughs) y'all.
0: How hard is it voicing lower than with an accent?
1: Ah, huh. You know, um, the thing that I tell a lot of people when they're asking me how to do a particular voice or a particular accent is I tell them to find a particular voice or a particular accent that they like and just do their best at imitating. I think because I spent a lot of time as a child pretending, you know, playing dress up and all that stuff, um, I, d- I don't really put much thought into it. Um, I usually read a lot. This is really awful. I usually most of just about all the lines that I send you. I mean, I send you multiple takes, but usually it's a cold read. Usually it's a cold read. I don't read the lines over before I start recording. I just go right into it. You know, I read the line before it and then I look at the next one and I just go because I want to keep that feeling of the character fresh. You know what the character before me said so I can just put I just basically put myself in the position I, um. I imagine it as a book on tape or I imagine it as a, you know, in the Japanese case, a drama CD. And I just kind of imagine what it would be like if I'm listening to it in the car or if I'm listening to a CD that I ordered from, you know, one of my Japanese CD providers. Um, I'm just a very um, mentally visual person. And so I spend a lot of time visualizing things. And I'm a writer too. So... Um, Of course, I kind of try to read through and like, okay, well, what is she looking for in this? Why did she word it this way? You know, April, why did you word it this way? Um, What atmosphere, what are you trying to communicate through this? And I just try to put myself in your shoes as a writer and try to just as I try to fill it. I try to fill that part as much as I can. I basically go with my gut instinct. Um, as far as an accent goes, um, I just put myself, I just, I don't know. I just turn my British self on. I watch a lot of British film, I guess. And, um, I, I also, one of my best friends in Japan was British. So I spoke with her a lot and, um, I just, I guess, hanging around her, some, a lot of people actually accused me of being British when I was younger because I don't have a Texas accent, mostly, I don't think. Um, (laughs) And um, I just, I've just always listened to a lot of different voice types and voice styles and I don't know, I When I first started doing British accents, I would exaggerate it, but now I do it a little more subtly. I really don't know. I haven't really given it much thought. I just—I guess I just think of the character and just go. I've never really taken any um, classes or practiced in any way. I read over the line, and as I'm reading it, I hear the character's voice in my head. I visualize the... Well, not visualize, but, you know, I hear the character's voice in my head. And so... I guess in a way I become the character for a little bit and I just speak as her.
0: Usually I I end up taking your first takes because they work the best.
1: I'm glad to hear that works. (laughs)
0: Um, So there's some big changes planned for your character. Have you discovered what they are and then how do you feel about them without revealing too much? (sighs)
1: no I have not revealed I like I usually like to uh, leave the surprise for myself as soon as I get the um as soon as I get the script however however I do feel a lot of buildup with with Taylor right yeah and um I feel like there's go- something's got to happen with her because she's just she's so together and she's very knowledgeable I feel and she's very set in her opinions and I feel like, you know, I just feel like it would be very unusual and almost, you know, I'm wondering, what's her purpose? What's her purpose in this story? She seems to be a relatively, I mean, she's a reoccurring character and she's has relatively substantial lines and a lot of, she's a wealth of information. There's got to be something that is up for her. So, you know, the audience right now knows as much as I do. So... I'm keeping myself blissfully ignorant of what happens, actually. It makes it more exciting for me.
0: Yeah. There's actually, you know, most of the characters are the same way. They like to discover while they're listening to it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the story so far? It's such a
1: rich environment, actually. I really... first off, just the detail, the attention to detail that you put in the story really impresses me. Um, I also like the the fact that the females are so strong. Um, I'm not as familiar with the males, I have to say. Um, But I, I'm just really, really impressed with just hearing about the, um, the cultural dynamics between the characters. Kind of the, um, what's the word, Nandiket. It's the, almost like a hierarchy within the household. It's really riveting and just, it's really engrossing, actually. And the fact that you're having such success with the story, it's really, actually, it comes to no surprise you've put so much effort and attention to it. I'm really glad to see that it's getting the attention that I feel it's starting to, it, it really deserves.
0: Thank you. And hopefully, the book whenever it gets done <laughs> turns out to be the same way. I imagine so.
1: You only get better as you continue to write, I yeah. learn.
0: Yeah, and also, you know, the, since I started doing the production, I've kind of rewritten the novel, how it oh, starts yeah. out. So it kind of, it, it's not worded the same way. Mm-hmm. It's more novel-like in the way you're getting introduced. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're starting as she's starting her tale. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So what is your favorite scene or chapter that you've done so far? I know, you know, obviously you haven't done as much as some of the other characters that I've interviewed, yeah. but...
1: You know what's really funny? <laughs> you haven't mentioned it at all, but I really liked doing the part of Julia. Mm-hmm. I really... That was so far... I mean, I really like... Um, I really like... Uh, Talia a lot, but doing that hoity that oh, that haughty little um, high pitched proper little voice, you know, talking about all the exquisite wigs and things like that, it was just so much fun for me. I love doing characters like that, and um, I really enjoyed that. I, I have to say that's probably been my favorite so far. Um, I also like um, I also liked actually the very first scene where I show up because i loved the entire speaking under my breath and hushed tones. And those are always fun to do.
0: Yeah. At least with um, Julia, you can use kind of your normal voice.
1: Something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Something closer to my normal timber, I guess, or my energy level, I should say.
0: Mm -hmm. And it, it really works with her.
1: I'm glad because she's
0: she's working with dainty things, so
1: mm-hmm. you know, when, <laughs> I when, sound
0: dainty. Oh my! My well, mom's actually, are, my mom's gonna laugh
1: at that. <laughs> well,
0: the the character description was that her she had a high and dainty voice, so you know. Yeah, you just did it perfectly. <laughs> I'm glad. So this is the end of the interview. That I'm was fun. Bad. That was yeah. fun. Thank you. Okay, so, well, that's all, obviously, all the questions I have for you today. Rippa, okay. thank you for joining us and My your pleasure. contribution to the production.
1: Anytime. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks,
0: everyone, for listening. Yeah. And we'll be hearing more of you, obviously, throughout Yay. the entire rest of the book.
1: I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear I don't die. Or do no. I?
0: Okay. No. okay. <laughs> no. You don't die. More cast interviews are coming your way. Visit www.ladyfromday.com. And grab a banner to promote us if you like what you hear.